my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Ladies, 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 welcome back to the Black Girls Heal podcast. I am so excited. I am over the moon to be recording today's episode again today. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, I've been on hiatus for the past month. I decided to take a self-imposed vacation from the podcast um, to just have a break and reset and work on loving me and focusing on me and doing things outside of the podcast. And it has been so incredible. I feel very refreshed. I feel very a la Nicki Minaj. I took some time away. Now I'm back. Game time. You know, I I cannot wait to share with you the things that I learned over this hiatus and also some things coming up because of this hiatus. <laughs> um, and so that's what today's episode is going to be about. It's going to be recapping some personal things that I've learned, been doing, um, that I want to share with you. And then um, next week, we'll get back to our general topics. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you up front what my, I made a list of seven things that I wanted to, no, six things. Yeah, this is six things. I made a list of six things that I wanted to focus on during my break from the podcast that I wanted to really get clear on. And so there may be some overlap as I talk about these things because they're all very interconnected, um, but I want to tell you what they are. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. With the crazy heat waves we are experiencing this summer, especially here in Texas, it can be hard to stay fresh while you're out and about. And that's why I've incorporated the Honey Pot's foaming wash and wipes into my daily routine. The Cucumber Aloe Honey Pot wipes provide a quick refresh when I leave a day of errands and head to a girls' night with friends. If you're heading to an outdoor concert or festival, the Honey Pot wipes are a must to keep you fresh between the fun. Both the foaming wash and wipes are plant-derived, backed by science, dermatologist-approved, gynecologist-approved, and hypoallergenic. Get 25% off your first order from thehoneypot.co slash summer. That's T-H-E-H-O-N-E-Y-P-O-T dot C-O slash summer to get 25% off your first order and join the hive today. So these are not in any specific order. I may talk about them in a different order, but the first one is I wanted to go through our recovery school curriculum. So for those of you 
who are not aware outside of doing the podcast, outside of um, our weekly newsletters, outside of the text message list, which also was on hiatus, but our text list where I send out a couple of um, inspirational texts every week. And then also we have long form um, social media posts. And then also we have, I have a blog on our website. I'm, I'm constantly giving the girls things for free. Um, outside of that, I have our main signature program called the Recovery School, and I've been working on revamping and looking at it for the last several months just to improve um, our student experience and, you know, see if I can up-level it and upgrade it and um, because it is the main way that I support women. So um, with me doing all of the things, I hadn't had time and space while well, I've been working on it, but I wanted more extended time and space to really go through it and, and work through it. And so that was the first thing. The second thing, I wanted to self-assess for ADHD. Um, and that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole thing that I'm going to tell you all about, but I'm just going to plant that right here. Um, me and ADHD and having a later diagnosis potentially as an adult woman. Um, the third thing is I wanted to get clear on what I was manifesting. You know, this stage of my life is very different than any other stages of my life that I've been in. And so with me constantly um, working and and good, the great thing is at this stage of my life, everything that I do are things that I love. Um, so it's not like I have been clogged up with things that have been um, life draining for me. But I really needed to get clear on as I enter into, you know, next level me, um, what is it that I wanted so that I wasn't just kind of floating and going through life as normal. And also so that I could be clear that I was really living in gratitude for what I have. You know, I've, I've talked about it here on the podcast and I definitely talk about it with my students, which is sometimes you can be working, 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 and so focused, and you and you miss the fact that all the things that you asked for, that you prayed for, that you've been working for, the growth that you have been striving for, has been in front of you, <laughs> and that you've already reached those milestones, and because you're not actually um, taking time to, to be present and to be grounded, you'll miss it, and you'll always be living in the future, which makes you, which means you're constantly unsatisfied, which is not um, what I wanted. I wanted to be very present in the moment and I wanted to get clear on what it is that I was um, growing. So I'll talk about that more. I also wanted to drown, drown myself in feminine energy and um, self-care. And I really wanted to really highlight what that looks like for me, what, you know, the systems of self-care and really pouring into me in a different way would look like, which I'll talk about. Um, and just for a little bit of context, I, you know, I'm, I've always been great at personal development for growth and leadership state. And somewhere around the beginning of this year, late last year, I really started to learn more about, which I, I know this is a huge trend um, right now that people are talking about, which I'm actually cool with. I hope that this is um, a trend that stays. I hope that this is a um, a conversation that stays, but I shifted my focus from personal development for other people's sake to personal development for my sake, which is really how I have interpreted um, this feminine energy um, movement, which I'll talk about a little bit more later. And then I wanted to get clear on how I educate women publicly, 
versus privately. So I, I made the list. I just listed all of the things that I'll be doing for y'all <laughs> and doing for other people for, um, for free to get information out there to um, help women no matter where they are, no matter if I ever, you know, get to know your name or if you ever buy a product or not um, to make sure that I'm helping women and serving them. With this ADHD diagnosis and just coming around the end of several years of teaching women online, coaching women online outside of traditional therapy and just seeing what works and what doesn't work and getting more clear on the woman that I serve, also looking at, okay, what what do my programs look like? What is the best way to serve women? What is the best way to help them have capacity? Where are there any bottlenecks, if, if any, and how do I correct them so that everybody gets what they need? Everybody from the audience at large, which are all of you, to the people who I get to, I get the pleasure to work with one-on-one in my, in my group programs. And so, yeah. And then also, do I want to return to doing private work? Can I return to do doing private work? Is that too much of a um, overextension where that might lead to burnout? Um, and then the last one is I wanted to work on imposter syndrome and comparison with other with other people in this space. Okay, so. Let's go ahead and jump into this. I'm going to jump straight to um, ADHD. So ADHD was on my list of things to look at because I've had a suspicion for several years that I may qualify for the inattentive type of ADHD and the type that is all about difficulty following through with things, with being consistent, with paying attention to details, um, to being forgetful to no matter what structures and things you put in place, it just never works out for you and having anxiety and things around that. And so I never got deep enough into it because I would get distracted, hello. Um, Or I would, you know, randomly find some things that would talk about ADHD, but that didn't quite fit where I was at that time, or at least I didn't have awareness for my, my, my growth areas because I was still very much, I can do everything myself and I got this. But recently I was listening to a podcast by some people I consider my business mentors and they were talking about being business owners with ADHD. And I clicked that episode so quickly because it was the people I really love. And then also it was this topic that had been in the atmosphere around for a while. And so I'm listening to the episode and I'm like, all of these things are me. Every single one of these things, all of these things that I've tried to overcompensate for, all of these things that I have tried to put in systems or talk to people about, I have Googled, I have talked to people who are procrastination experts, I have practiced self-compassion from here to there and back again to try to navigate what it feels like when it is really hard for you to to get to get through things um, to when you try your best to get something done and still details are missing and even as I'm describing this part of the reason why I also have some barriers to it is what it sounds like you're describing is the human condition you know everybody forgets sometimes 
everybody sometimes doesn't want to do things and puts things off to the last minute. And, you know, nobody's perfect. And so when you talk about the symptoms and how it's impacting you, it is very, very easy for people who mean well, who really want to see you win and want you to feel good about yourself to downplay what's going on for you. Meanwhile, um, you're really feeling like something is missing, something is wrong. Um, And so instead of you getting access to help and support and validation or validation that would encourage you to continue to look for support, what you think is, okay, well, these are things that everybody deals with. These are things that most people can relate to. Well, I guess I'll just, you know, pick myself up by my bootstraps and get a new planner and get a new system and make a new promise to myself, get some new stickers. I mean, whatever it is that you may have done, if you relate to symptoms of ADHD, which I'll tell you what I checked off for myself in a moment, um, you go and you try to do it and then it doesn't work out, you know, and those of you who've been following the podcast or following my platform for a long time, you, you have seen the impact of that. You have seen, um, things with emails with grammar mistakes and no matter how many times I try to proofread it you have seen the starting and stopping of initiatives you have seen a lot of things um um, initiatives that had to be amended because the capacity for just me being a one-person team for all of these years um until recently until last year is when I started hiring and I'm going to start hiring more people now um, because of just learning about this. But, you know, this is kind of what happens. So anyways, I hear this podcast that's talking all about me. I listened to a couple of other things, podcasts that I started before that that were with experts in ADHD and did um, a couple of self-assessments. I'm like, yeah, this is like every single box is me. So I made an appointment to meet with a psychiatrist for medication. I had always, even before my adulthood, where I had this inkling that I may have ADHD, I remember being in school and wishing I was more of an adventurous risk taker kid because <laughs> I was very much a goody two shoes, Wish, wishing I was more of a risk taker because I was like, man, I, I wish I had something to help me focus, you know, thinking about medication. And, you know, I would hear people who did have ADHD and typically it was a boy in the class. Um, the, the thing about ADHD is most often girls girls in school, um, school-aged girls are missed when it comes to ADHD because it, it most often presents in us differently, especially if it's inattentive type versus boys. Also, I was an overachiever. You know, I was good at being um, resilient and successful in a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. Also, so much of my self-worth and so much of how I felt special was tied to my performance in school. So I was going to do my best and all of those things as well. Um, so it was never on the radar, even though I had some things going on in the background and at home that would um, denote that I could use some help with things. And just as life has gone on, as I have become a mom, as I've become a business owner, as I may become a business owner times two, which stay to the end of the podcast episode, because I'm going to talk about that, because that is what I'm super excited about for everybody um, listening to the podcast today. But yeah, just things wouldn't wouldn't work out. So 
I made an appointment with a psychiatrist and he told me that I totally qualify for ADHD. And so let me go ahead and tell you the things that I personally checked off as far as inattention. So carelessness as far as when it comes to um, mistakes that I've made, even when I you know, try my best, proofread, go slow, all those things, difficulty staying focused. I can't tell you how often I have made a to-do list. Like, in fact, this might be more of an everyday experience, um, more often than not when I'm not um, when I'm not on top of it, but I will have a to-do list of things for me to do. And let's say there's six things. I'll have a to-do list of things for me to do. And I will do a little bit from each of those six things throughout the whole day. And because I didn't do one thing fully, or while I was in, on the way to do one of the six things, I was like, oh, I still haven't, you know, started the laundry or, oh, I have to put that paper away that was on the counter or, oh, you know, the diaper, I left it on the counter when I was changing my son. You know, like all these other things immediately get in the way and it would distract me. And so I would literally spend the whole day working. And then at the end, I would most likely not have anything to check off. And so um, as someone who's like trying to work with the system and trying to do things and trying to be on top of things, you can end up feeling really defeated and like, well, where does my time go? And especially if you have people that are reporting to you or even, you know, you have family members and other people around you, it's like, how do I describe what I've actually been doing all day when I know I've been doing things? I know I haven't been on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, just, you know, piddling away my time. And before anyone wants to DM me or give me advice, this also includes if I do like a top three thing, um, which is a method for those of you who haven't heard where you just have your top three things. And some people do top three things once a day and some people do top three things a week. Um, and it also includes if I do a brain dump and all the other stuff. When I tell you I've done all of the methods and all the systems and I actually still have them in place. But even even if I have, OK, I only need to do one thing today in the process of me doing the one thing, eight other things come in and get me off track and time has passed before I realize that I'm off track, right? So, so anyways, um, carelessness, trouble staying focused, poor listening, which I, I checked just because, I don't know why I checked that, because I listen for a living. Oh, I think it's because sometimes when I'm having conversations with people, um, I'm constantly thinking of other things that I could be doing. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'm not going to take that out because I know somebody needs to hear that for themselves. Um, being easily sidetracked, difficulty organizing work, um, how many people, and this is for people who um, have been diagnosed ADHD and people who are listening are like, is she talking about my life? Um, so one thing that happens is I will have so many journals and so many notebooks and so many notepads and so many places that I keep my to-do list. And it is just amazing. And this is both digital, this is analog, this is <laughs> on Asana, which is a project time, time management board. It's just, it's a lot. And so I've had so many organization systems that um, work in some ways. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to sound, make it sound like everything I'm doing 
nothing has worked because, you know, I'm alive. I'm recording this. You're going to hear this next week. You know, so some things are clicking, but for the most part, all the things that are connected to this um, fall through. Um, avoiding lengthy mental tasks, um, which, you know, comes in with procrastination, um, something that I know is going to dominate a lot of time that I, in my mind, I'm like, I can do eight other things in the time that that's going to take me. Um, let's see, losing everyday items. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I just, and I would chalk it up to the fact that I'm getting older, right? Like I'm getting older and you know, you forget things when you get older, you get a little joint pain, like things happen, but I, I need, I, I forgot that my mom used to always make fun of me for being forgetful and, and losing things. And it used to make me so mad because I'm like, you don't know. And like, you know, feel very offended that she would basically because it felt like she was calling me dumb. And but I, I did. <laughs> I mean, if someone outside of me has always seen it, um, my um, my husband had seen it as well. He would always talk about how forgetful I was. And so, yeah, I mean, it just happened. And the last thing is being forgetful, right? So so all these things um, directly impacted, have been directly impacting my life, my family functioning, my business, and all those things. So I went to get assessed. Um, I met all the criteria, um, of course. And unfortunately, I was unable to get medication because I'm still um, working through some balance with my heart conditions. And so um, my cardiologist said, not my cardiologist, my psychiatrist said that needs to be more stable before I'm able to be put on an ADHD medication, which are all stimulant based. And so that was very, very disappointing to me. I had been looking forward to this appointment as if it was Christmas. I told once I had um, a name for for like an umbrella that all this was under and not just, okay, um, you just need to be committed to yourself. I mean, y'all, some t- let me say this. Sometimes it is a values-based system, uh, values-based problem. Sometimes it is um, because you have a secret fear, like, because that's what people will teach about procrastination. Like, there's an emotion that you're avoiding on the other side of it, and that's why you're putting it off. You know, sometimes that absolutely is the case. Sometimes there is absolutely trauma. Sometimes there is absolutely some bigger thing. Sometimes it totally is because you're a person who doesn't operate in integrity, and you are selfish and you have to work out thinking about other people in addition to yourself. And when you do all of that and it's still not working and as much as you try to practice self-compassion and understand people are humans and all of that and the things in your life and the people in your life are affected because you literally cannot, your brain literally cannot focus and follow through and complete tasks. And it has nothing to do with willpower. It has nothing to do with whether or not people are important to you. That is very disheartening. That is very, um, makes you feel very powerless. It makes you feel very guilty. And especially if you don't have reasoning behind it that um, takes away from, that, that isn't connected to who you are as a person and your character, you can totally start to adopt messages that 
um, that you are selfish, that you are irresponsible, that you are a mess, that you are, you know, dysfunctional. I mean, there are so there are so many messages that women and pe- all people, but you know, this podcast is for women, but that women can internalize and also the biases that will stop us from getting help. Like I said, I was an overachiever and part of the bias that I had that I came to realize that I was like, man, how many how many times did I inadvertently hurt somebody with this bias? But the bias I had is that, um, you know, I couldn't have this because I was smart, was, am, I am smart. <laughs> um, you know, I understand things very quickly, very easily, you know, and that was totally a stereotype and totally a harmful stereotype that I had internalized and that kept me from, from moving forward. So, um, so I got the diagnosis, <laughs> it's been helpful. And so, you know, since then I've been doing some health things I'm going to talk about in a moment to continue to help me with my, um, heart health and with getting healthy. Cause my goal is to get on medication. Um, um, I know that there's also executive ADHD coaches. There's also therapists. And at this point, y'all, at this point, I've done so much work and I'm not opposed to doing work, but to understand that this is a neurological based decision, an organic uh, um, condition, I would like external help with that. Um, I would like something to help my body function if it's something related to my body not being able to function. And there are also naturopathic remedies and things that I'm also going to have to look into um, because I I need support now. But um, I want to be very clear and I want to say out loud that I that I personally would like medication because um, I think us as black people, we've come such a long way from the stigma against therapy. You know, I, I see people talk about let's destigmatize therapy and I feel like for me, maybe it's the channels I follow, maybe it's the groups that I'm in, maybe it's the people who I, you know, consider community. I feel like even if people are not in therapy, every black person, every person of color I know thinks that therapy could be good. And if they're not in therapy, it's because they can't find someone who um, looks like them or um, that's within their budget or that's on their insurance. Or, you know, there, there's something, there's some kind of barrier that they have that way, but not whether or not anyone thinks that therapy is worthwhile, at least, again, in my circle, speaking for myself. Um, does, or they've been in therapy before and it wasn't a good experience, and so they're kind of, like, disheartened and they want to find somebody else, but they're taking some time to work through that. So I feel like we're good there, but I still think that medication is the next level for that. I think there are so many of us as Black people who are depressed, who are anxious, who have mood disorders um, like borderline personality disorder, like bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, things that, again, are biologically based. And because of the stigma related to it, we will refuse to get on medication. Um, Also because, of of course, because of the history of how the medical establishment um, has used and abused um, black people here in the States, and I'm sure across the world I'm more familiar with U.S. history, Um, but, you know, there's bias there, and I I just feel like in in attempts for us to feel, to be strong and be in control, sometimes, sometimes we are omitting the option to get help and support 
that could really help us move forward. Because sometimes what it is, is that what you need is medication so that you have some time and practice to put in the skills and tools that your brain cannot compute when you're off medication, if that makes sense. So back when I was doing therapy and I'm doing general therapy for everybody, and um, one of the things that I had to work through with some of my clients who struggle with depression is for the people who are open to help them understand that we can start, you can start medication now because if we've been in therapy for a year and, or more and you're still severely depressed, right? You feel safe here. You feel seen here. You feel like I'm doing everything I can and still some things are not moving. Then let's look at some medication to help your brain turn on because at this point it's an organic issue. And then with your brain turned on, then you can start to practice these tools and start to practice all the things we've been talking about and start to feel that difference. And if it is actually just physical or just action and behavior based, that is going to help you not need to return to the medication because now that your brain is on, you're gonna be able to function and build some different muscle memory in your everyday life, right? And then for some people, they would have gotten on medication and found out and did like um, so many people didn't go to the doctor to, to get blood tests. And then once they started, they got blood tests and they realized, oh, wow, okay, so my actual hormones and enzymes are off. Like this literally has nothing to do with willpower. It's literally just that my body is not functioning the way that I want it to. And then from there, you know, you can totally make a decision to stay on medication or use natural uh, remedies or natural experiences. But I, get, I guess my main point, y'all, is I do not want to see black people continue to suffer with our mental health and not not be open to the full access of experience outside of just prayer, meditation, and yoga. You know, um, sometimes we need more than journaling. Sometimes we need more than um, a pat on the back. Sometimes we need more than just talking to our therapist. And if your therapist is working for you or working with you, they'll, they'll be honest with you about that as well. In fact, many of you probably have therapists, if you're relating to this, who have been talking to you about it. You've been denying it because of any of the reasons that I said before. Maybe you've seen really bad side effects with people and you're worried about what that looks like for you. And um, you've seen it be marked on people's records and used against them and um, work against their benefits. Like there, there are legitimate reasons why people don't want to get medication, so I don't want to take away from that. But what I do want to really emphasize is that if medication or if external outside management is something that would help you, I want you to find that external help however it looks like for you. And for me, my hope is that I get to a place of um, health, heart health that is stable enough so that I can at least try um, some ADHD medication for me. And um, I have lots of people who I've worked with, um, friends and otherwise, who have gone on and off the medication for um, their own personal reasons. So I have a great support system of people who I can talk to um, if I get on it and find, oh, actually, this isn't for me. Or um, there are some effects that I don't like. Or um, this works perfectly for me. Great. Yay. (laughs) 
and I, you know, I'm stay on it and I'm championing it forever. I'm, I'm totally open to whatever happens for me. Um, and I just, I want everyone to be open to that as well. So there's the part about ADHD. Let's talk about um, the rest of this stuff. So feminine energy is going to be another topic that I will have an expert come and talk more about to give more more of a robust teaching to because I just feel like it is so important so important and helped heal a part of me that I didn't know needed to be healed um, because the wording of the feminine energy masculine energy um, um, education you know so much of my life has been has been in masculine energy in the doing and the achieving and the leading and the planning and the strategizing and you know and th- those are areas that I have done very well my whole life it's helped me be very independent it's helped me be very successful it's actually helped me take care of other people and get things done but it also did not breed a space for me to look at letting myself enjoy life letting me enjoy the things that I was cultivating it didn't really help me um, connect to people, you know, and then the parts of me that were always very good at connecting, I would um, undervalue because it felt like those were soft skills that weren't as important as the former. And I would really play down a lot of different parts of myself in order to to fit this mode of what it looks like to be a successful woman, especially a successful black woman. And I've had to unlearn some of those things to, or at least find balance with those things because there's places, there's place for everything, but to add to it, um, to add to it so that I can be present and connect with people, be present and connect with myself. And so um, during this hiatus, I really wanted to focus on that connection energy, on that self-love and beauty energy, on that health and cultivation and pleasure energy. And so some things that I did is I actually connected with, you know, the world is opening back up. I connected with our, um, some of my recovery school students in real life. So here in Houston, I, I messaged out um, in, our, in our Facebook. Uh, Facebook. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. 
stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Group, our private Facebook group. If anybody was in Houston and they wanted to connect, some of the ladies um, responded that they did. We picked a date and we went and we had brunch and it was so great. And it was so much fun. And I, I truly get to work with the most incredible women in the world. And I had such a great time and it made me so excited for our October retreat. Um, which is still happening. I haven't talked about it um, because the, it's been full, but our October retreat is um, is this is going to be in Galveston at the beach um, in these really gorgeous beach houses. And I'm just so excited to connect with women who I've seen their names for years. I have women whose names I've seen for years who follow this platform. And I just feel like it's going to be like a big old family reunion. I have newer women who um, are new to the um, community who I'm going to get to know and love on for a whole weekend. And I just, I can't wait. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. And so that's happening. And then also I decided to um, plan another trip because your girl's a travel fiend. And now that the little one is older and again, the world is opening back up. I'm like, all right, let's go ahead and get this passport rebooked. (laughs) Let's get this girl stamped up. But I'm starting domestically and um, I'll be going to New York in September. I'm going to be um, meeting up with some students again there and then also, you know, just exploring um, uh, the city. And so it's it's just it's so good. It, it, it was so good for my soul. And also just practicing being very intentional with um, my friendships as well. You know, one of the things that I have consistently seen um, from women in the community, um, students and otherwise, is just this really deep desire for friendship. And during the hiatus, I actually interviewed um, a really incredible friendship coach, which I will share that um, episode soon. Um, but we talked about building friendships as adult women. And we talked about in order to have a friend, first you have to be a friend. And so a lot of times, especially post-COVID, we want these friendships But we kind of want people just to show up at our doors. We want people to just automatically be our friends. We want to skip all of the, like, like, let's get to know you 
and let's hang out and do this stuff and just immediately want to connect with someone and want that immediate intensity. And that's not how it works. To, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. And what that includes is you initiating things. It means you being the one who calls and you being the one who starts off with intimate um, updates about yourself and also um, checking in on things that they shared with you as well. And it's not always this um, you expecting people to give to you, right? And so I really focus on being friendship forward this um, this hiatus and that's always been also been great. And in regards to my self-care, um, because I've been doing this for about, has this been a year? It hasn't been a year. For a little bit over half a year since I've been really actively incorporating this um, next level of self-care and feminine pleasure and feminine energy into my life. I had already had some things on, on the docket um, or in my routine, but I added in um, exercise and, and self-care. And so <laughs> even though that's probably one of the first things that people talk about, I'd always had these excuses around it. I'm the person who there was a point in my life where I used to love working out, um, it, where my body needed it. And if I wasn't working out, I would actively feel it. And somewhere along the way, I lost that and I got out of the habit. And so what I started to do is after I dropped off my son at daycare, I went to a local park that has a trail and I've been walking that every morning um, and it's a few miles and y'all, it has been the most pleasurable thing to be in this gorgeous preserve, nature preserve here in my city. And it, it reminds me of when I went to Honduras um, a few years ago, or more than a few years ago, but I remember going there and being like, this is gorgeous. And I wish that there was something that looked like this here in my city. And I go around this trail every morning and it's the beauty of it is just amazing. It, it very much reminds me of, of some of the foliage, foliage that I saw in, um, in Central America. Um, there's different pockets that there are butterflies playing around every morning. You know, I, I recognize the people now. Um, my body gets, my body, <laughs> I get literal, just like warmth and just, and, um, and chills in a good way. But I get so excited when I park my car and I'm about to walk out and have this moment of Zen and connection. And it's just me walking. I'm not listening. I'm not double multitasking and listening to podcasts or listening to affirmations. It's truly just me being present in the moment and looking around and being grounded. And it's just, it's beautiful. And my body craves it. I'm back at the place where my body craves it. If I, even over the weekend, you know, cause obviously my son doesn't go to daycare, but over the weekends, um, one time it was a Sunday and my body was like, all right, we didn't go yesterday. I need my walk. And so <laughs> I was able to sneak out and do my walk and it's just become part of my routine. And it's been very good for me to have that. Obviously, it's good for my heart health. And I've also said before, be careful what you say when you say you'll never do something because, you know, God has a way or the universe has a way or, or just life has a way of helping you practice some humility. And I've said actively and distinctly on this podcast and other places how I am not a nature person. I have talked about how 
there have literally been men in my past who are outdoorsy camping people and I don't camp and I don't do outdoors. Um, I like the idea of it, but I don't do it. <laughs> and how I would like try to make myself be that person for them. Um, and so I would be really bold and loud about that. And now, <laughs> now I'm like, I I might do some hikes or two with people. I, I I might be okay with being out in nature. And so, you know, that's growth. That's evolution. So there's that. And I'm also looking at incorporating other health changes as well, because I feel like that's the last bucket, um, bucket for me when it comes to my self-care and really treating my whole my whole temple, my whole experience with the love and attention that I would want other people to do for themselves as well. Okay, so with that, let's go ahead and talk about business stuff. <laughs> let's talk about the Black Girls Heal related things that I have been working on or that I um, wanted to focus on during this hiatus. And a little bit of heads up, the sound may or may not change during this part because I I couldn't wait until later today to record this episode. So I'm recording this before my son wakes up and this is around the time he kind of starts to um, get ready. So um, there may be that pause for anyone who's a stickler for for sound so, sound editing. Okay, so me... I'm just going to have to talk about this all together and not each of the different things broken up. So during this hiatus, I was really spending a lot of time thinking about how do I best serve everybody at large, public education versus my private coaching services for people who want to go deeper, who want to have more direct time, who want um, more direct tools, that wants a more guided experience, um, a more accelerated experience to, to get better. And so what's the difference between those? What are things that I may need to cancel out, especially with my ADHD diagnosis um, and me just coming to a place where I'm like, there's only so much, I mean, I already knew this, but even more so being like, okay, this is not something that's going to get better. It's not like, you know, this is just a really um, tough season, but I'll put enough things in place where everything will work on its own system. It's like, no, like maybe there are some things that actually need to be cut out and adjusted so that you can actually maintain the systems you already have. And so, and so me thinking about that, I had to figure out what programs do I currently have for Black Girls Heal that are going to change? And relatedly, you know, the the work and the things I put out for just the public at large, which is a lot, <laughs> as you heard from the list, is a lot. And it's real labor, is real, real labor. Um, and so how does that need to change, if if at all? How does that get optimized and, and what comes next? And so... Um, I'm just going to cut straight to the things that I decided. So for public education, I was able to find someone talking about bottlenecks and creating supports for yourself. I was able to find someone who was able to help me write the newsletters and help me write the blog posts and take content from previous podcast episodes and make them very extensive, which has been really helpful. I hope that 
This is a tool that I can have forever. Um, I I hate sometimes talking about things on the podcast because sometimes I wonder if I jinx myself. <laughs> but um, hopefully, you know, I can continue to have support with people who can help me help y'all um, as a as a public service. Also shifting more, like I said earlier, to, to voice related things. I've been wanting to do a YouTube channel for a long time. We have a YouTube channel. Um, right now, it just automatically posts these podcast episodes, but I wanted to have more education for y'all. I've tried to do YouTube videos in the past, and it has been so much work for me because you have to worry about lighting. You have to, you know, make sure that you're ready. You got to have your scripts. You have to edit it. You know, if there are, are flubs and pauses and then the way that it matches up, you know, the lighting still has to be right. It's just, it's a lot. And, and it's what made me put that on the back burner. But over the last year, I realized a lot of the, um, education and videos that I watch are from people who do voiceovers, people who are not actually forward facing on camera. And they do voiceovers with slideshows in the back about what they talk about. And I was like, maybe I could do that. (laughs) I love doing the podcast. I would record, you know, a podcast or voice notes to y'all all the time if I could. In fact, I wish email was um, actually just voice notes because then I would just say, hey, y'all, what's up? Here, here's what I want to share with you today. I wish my text messaging platform would allow me to send more voice notes that wouldn't just clog up your storage on your phone because it's in a voice note. It has to be an actual audio file. And then I just think that some people be like, she sent me an audio file. What's this about? And not even want to look at it and then unsubscribe. So it's just a whole thing. But I was very excited about the possibility that, or figuring out I can make this easier for me while still providing value for y'all. So we will be, I will be um, starting a YouTube channel um, where I'm just going to talk and I already have somebody who's going to take my audio and make the slideshow for me and post it for me. When, when Y'all, when I tell you, you need to find ways to work around what is hard for you. And, and I I want that for all of you. And so, um, that's what I'm going to be doing. So that's public education for, um, for the women who are currently my students, for everyone who's been wanting to work with me together. What I have decided to do is when I was looking at the recovery school, the recovery school is a really incredible program. And I really, put my all into it. And I, um, for those of you who've never seen my, came to an enrollment call or seen me talk about it, the recovery school program has been really amazing because depending on what women wanted to work on, there was a different course or a different um, set of lessons specifically for that area. So we had our main curriculum and then there were all these different offshoots and tangents that women could go and refer back to to work through whatever it is they wanted to to heal related to love addiction, love avoidance, family stuff, friendship stuff, um, boundary stuff, um, clarifying their relationship, all of this stuff. And that's been great. And as I was going through and revamping the program, I realized for me to make this a, a, a one-stop shop, I'm going to have to get more clear on what it is that I'm teaching. 
I'm going to have to not try to do all of the things in the coursework and help women go from one point in their life to point B, from A to B, instead of trying to do point A and then B for some people, C for some people, D for some people. Um, And so the recovery school, I am closing. Um, I've closed to enrollment. I actually haven't enrolled any new students in several months. And because I kind of felt like I needed to pause and get clear on that while I was going through the curriculum. And so I will be having another program that's going to be more higher level, higher touch. I, you may, If you've been listening to this podcast, you may have heard me mention that we were bringing on coaches. I've already hired a coach. And so bringing on coaches to have more touch points with students, um, with more personalized individual care, even though it's still going to be a group program. And so I'm just really excited about it, y'all. It's called From Avoidant to Available, and it's directly helping those of us who struggle with the symptoms of love avoidance become more available to people in our life, especially romantic partners. That's been one of the things that I have um, shied away from in the past, which um, might sound ironic for, for, for some people because almost all of the examples that I talk about and illustrations that I give are based in romantic relationships. And absolutely in my programs before I've talked about dating, but this goes into um, my imposter syndrome. You know, it's been, for me, it's been very hard. I'm just going to say it. It's, it's been hard for me in this space because when I look to my peers in the area, I felt kind of on an island for for a while. So women who are my colleagues who are women who are therapists and are killing it, they are still very much therapists with full practices and they educate people via books and through speaking engagements. And that's not me. And then I have people who um, do teach about relationships and stuff um, who are not mental health professionals or never have been, but they still, they go more into the dating coach, like they're dating coaches. And I just, I want to help women heal from childhood relational trauma that has impacted their life through skills and through support. And that also helps you become more open to love. I don't want to go and, you know, focus on just helping people have good online dating profiles. And also I do not want to be restricted to only helping people within my area code and face-to-face or online sessions. Like I just feel like help and support and service can be more robust and it can also, I can also empower women in a different way. And it's been really hard for me to find anyone who does that for me to, to connect to. And so one of the connections that I actually really focused on and um, tried to cultivate during my hiatus is with one of my colleagues. Her name is Sita Hood. I do hope to have her on the podcast one day. Hey, Sita, I know you're listening, girl. You're so, you're always so supportive. Um, And she's another incredible therapist who's also been building, like growing into the online coaching and coursework space. And she has an amazing platform that talks about um, um, sisterhood and building connections, she's actually going to be shifting into the space where she's helping women who um, who are Christian, helping them work through some of that things that have kept her kept them 
um, really, really restricted and stuck in their life and unable to operate in the freedom of Christ and the freedom of being connected to themselves, that's what she's going to be shifting into. Um, and so that I'm just very excited for her. If you want to follow her, um, Sita spelled S-E-I-D-A, Hood, H-O-O-D. Um, and she's always dropping gems and she's beautiful inside and out. And I think you would um, get a lot from her, even if you don't identify as Christian or religious, just um, her with Black Women Empowerment and everything. She's just incredible. All that to say, I've been really trying to focus on what is my place to serve and how do I serve it with serve without any other examples around me who who are women who are doing this hybrid thing. But yeah, going back to my point, I'm a healer and I want to stay a healer. And there are amazing women helping women go straight from, you know, single to married. But I just feel like there is a whole healing, full 360 process that has stopped people from being in healthy relationships that impacts them and their family and their friendships. And I just... I, I have to work through that with people. I want to work through that with people. And so, you know, at this point in my process, at this point in this platform, the name is Black Girls Heal for a reason. We're going to heal together. Um, we're going to transform together. So with that said, I've shied away from in my programs specifically saying, okay, and you are going to one of the, the main end results, not just one of the things on the list. But one of the main end results is that you are going to be dating healthily. And in this program, that's what's going to happen. Uh, I This is going to be a program for single women, which kind of breaks my heart a little bit because my married ladies and my ladies in committed partnerships, I, I, want, I want to touch you and I want to help you and I want to work with you too. But for me to make this the most streamlined, clear process and not overcomplicate things for not only the client experience, but also for me as coach, um, especially with me just learning how to make things straight paths for people, um, I, I had to be crystal clear with that. So that's what this program is going to be about. And I am very excited about taking women from being from avoidant to available and moving into um, healthy dating while healing all of these things underneath um, with, with getting all of the little the nicks, nooks and the crannies and um, the hurt spots and the mindset and um, helping you become empowered and learning how to self-soothe and how to identify triggers and what to work through and I'm just really, I'm really excited. I think it's going to be an amazing program. Then also dating, full out dating in a healthy way. And I, it's, it's going to be good. And so excited about that. We start in September. If you want to be put on the wait list to, be a, to know when I am taking applications for enrollment, because just like with the recovery school, the way that it, um, the way that it has been the last several um, the last portion of this year has been application only because I want to make sure the right fit women are inside. Um, and so it's going to be the same thing with from avoiding to available. So if you want to be added to the list to know when I am opening spots, you can go to from avoidant to available.com. 
and that can I got all the variations of the domain name um, so with the number with the word two but go to from avoidance from avoidant to available.com and you can add your name to that waitlist and then finally I had to figure out a hybrid because there are some people who are only going to be kind of outside observers and do these things, um, get resources from for free. So, you know, the podcast, the YouTube channel, when it's up, the newsletters, the text list, like they'll, they'll be a connoisseur of all those things. And then there are some people who will work with me in more high touch environments, like the programs that would require investing in themselves. And then there's women in the middle. There's women who um, want to apply the things that they hear in this podcast all the time that they want to but they maybe they have their own outside support system they already have their own therapist they have their own coach and so they don't really necessarily see an immediate need for black girls Hill programs or, or coaching um, but they do want to be connected and then also what really started this is I and I noticed with my recovery school students is that they would be in the program get their transformation and then when it came to maintaining what they had already learned, um, they could keep it in their mind, but really what would be beneficial to them is to have something tangible to help carry on the lessons that they had learned in program, learned in working with me in their everyday life um, to, to make sure that they were keeping themselves um, face forward and then also giving out of abundance to other relationships and love and staying open and staying available and staying balanced. And so I was thinking, you know what we need? We need a planner. We need to have a planner that just helps us, yeah, keep track of our to-dos and our lists and our agendas and all that stuff, but we need a planner and stationery and support tools that are literally just built to help us improve and increase and maintain and cultivate and bloom the relationships in our lives, including our relationship with ourselves. Because if we're not careful, you know, our to-do list will become so magnified with, um, you know, admin stuff or business stuff or work stuff or family stuff. And then we're, we're, we're way at the bottom and we're lucky if we drink enough water throughout that week, right? It's like, <laughs> like nothing on your to-do list is about you. Nothing on your to-do list is about self-care unless you just happen to be part of the routine. And if you do something that's self-care related once every three or four months, then maybe you're winning, right? That's, that's supposed to be your pick. Like us as women, we're supposed to go through life and have one self-care day um, every couple months Meanwhile, while we run ourselves ragged and, and keeping all the balls in the air and trying to be perfect and show how independent and strong we are and show how we're make, making it and show how we're a boss or a perfect mother or a perfect wife or whatever it is that whatever label in your circle and your world um, dictates for you to have. And what I want you to know is a self-care day every couple months isn't enough. Um, we need we need to be the main source of where we give our love and care and support because when mama's good, everybody else is good, right? When you are healthy, you're more able to show up with that vibrance and that energy and that self-care and it models it. If you are a mother, if you are a mentor, if you are a boss, if you are a leader, 
if you're an older sister, if, if you're a teacher, these people, the people around you are watching you. And this isn't um, supposed to be like a, a pressure thing, but I hope it's an invitation for you to know that when you love on you and when you support you, it gives energy and life to other people. It makes other people happy to see you happy. It makes other people feel more full to see you feel rich and and um, and nurtured. You know, think about the people, if it's hard for you to envision that, think about the people who you know who do work a lot or who do neglect themselves or do put everybody else first and they don't go to the doctor or they don't buy things for themselves or they, you know, whatever whatever area it is, they put themselves last. And how does that make you feel to watch them do that? Right? It, you, that person is depriving themselves in hopes that you will see how much you mean to them and that you will get joy and pleasure from that, from them self-sacrificing. But really, it just makes you feel worse. It makes you be like, girl, don't worry about me. Worry about you. Mama, worry about you. Sister, worry about you. Right? Employee who's working 56 at 60 hours, girl, go home. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so we we start and we understand that we're the source. So all that to say, I've been planning this for months. I wanted to do it last year when this first came across my um, my idea plate, but I didn't know how to get it done. And um, since early spring, I've been really working on getting this started. And so that's what we're doing, y'all. Um, the, the planner is called the Loved Woman Planner. And the website is thelovedwoman.co. We will be uh, accepting pre-orders for the planner in, in September. And, and so that everyone can get it in time for October, November. I'm really excited because this planner, you know, a lot of planners have the pre-work se- sections at the beginning where you like come up with your goals and all that other stuff. And so this planner is going to have that stuff but it's going to be related to us building healthy relationships, right? It's going to be related to us building healthy relationships with ourselves, with our friends, with our romantic partnerships, with our friendships, um, because that is the source, right? Um, that's what's going to help us not feel lonely. That's what's going to help us not feel overwhelmed. And that's what's going to help us show up as our best selves. And so that's going to be my hybrid. That's going to be in between the free and um, like the free resources that I always will always put out for y'all, the the more high touch personalized service. And now we're going to have um, the Love Woman Co. to help women, everyday women all over the world, build and cultivate love in your life, um, starting with starting from within. Um, I just feel like we can have it. I feel like we can have it all. So. So, yeah, y'all, that's that's what this hiatus has been able to give me space to do. Um, and I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all the messages There are people like, I hope you're having a great vacation. I'll miss you, but I'm so happy you're taking care of yourself. Thank you for being a, um, an actual, um, practitioner of what you teach. And of course I didn't use the word practitioner, but you know, just practicing what I actually preach. And I, I have the best, the best audience. I have the best um, following people. I don't, I need to come up with a name for y'all. I've mentioned that before. I still haven't come up with a nickname for (laughs) y'all, but I'm gonna figure one out. Um, but I have the best 
community ever because you allow me to do that. So um, that's what we're doing. So um, I love all of you. Thank you for staying to the end and listening to all of this. This has been, there's been a lot that I've been working through and really getting clear on. And I hope that just like, I mean, the heart of this company started with me learning things about myself, um, healing things about myself, and then coming, building this platform to give to you what was given to me. And I hope that what I continue to make um, helps y'all and, and makes you proud. And um, I hope that I look forward to continuing to expand our team. Um, you know, I kind of mentioned some of the people um, in passing during this episode, but um, I have a whole list of people who I plan on adding to our team to to make this easier for me, to make your student, customer, client, audience member, follower experience even better um, so that it can be more streamlined because it's been your girl doing all of this on her own for years and it's, it's time to move into a place of, of ease. So I love you all. And I will see you in next week's episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.